When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another Steelers preview podcast. It's Festivus. We are going live on Festivus <laughs> the 23rd of December. Um, no, 22nd. I'm sorry. It, tomorrow's Festivus. It's Not Festivus today. Eve. It's Festivus Eve. I keep on getting my days mixed up. I don't even know what day it is. Someone had to remind me it was Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> it is Thursday, which means it's a Steelers preview. Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, we're all here. Dave, what's going on? Welcome uh, not too much. Yes, I, 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 I forgot it was what day it was uh, for a long time with, with my kids having an early Christmas vacation break. It's just been... Um, so busy and so crazy. I thought maybe it was Tuesday, but uh, I'm here and I'm ready to talk Steelers. And it, it, I'm and the game not being on Sunday, being Saturday night, it's yeah. just it has me off. So let's get back on. Thanks for nothing, NFL. <laughs> Anyways, Brian Davis, what's up? It has been an emotional week, but I tell you what, it's uh, you know, getting back to business is a cathartic, it is uh. It helps cure. It helps heal. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. And I tell you what, it's been a crazy Christmas week, uh, you know, getting everything together, uh, you know, especially with it doesn't matter what age the kids are. There's the excitement in the house. And uh, I have a feeling that my daughter started peaking, but I'm not sure because we left uh, gifts around and went out to buy gifts. And I have a feeling that she was doing some snooping. (laughs) That's something I've never done. Neither when, I was, I. when I was a kid, I love the surprise. And so I never went searching. I didn't want to know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just, I seriously never. said, if someone, if my parents would have said, Hey, Jeff, all the gifts are in our closet up above our, uh, your dad's work clothes. I never would have gone in their room or even looked. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. I'm that you way know. too. The 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 Snoop King, the Snoop Dog, the Snoop Lion, whatever it is, you want the King of Snoop. If you really want to know who that is, that would be one Big Brosco. <laughs> no that. joke. He got busted snooping in something one year, and I know all the times where he snooped where he didn't get busted, but he he got busted snooping one year where what he was supposed to get ended up going to me because he snooped and my parents wouldn't give it to him. That's hysterical. <laughs> and I, I got to say one thing. Speaking of Snoop, my son got some gifts from <laughs> our friends and he got a Snoop on a stoop. And it's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and, and I could tie that in because Snoop's a Steeler fan. So it's yeah. an elf on a shelf. Oh, I, yeah. I thought I thought maybe you're talking about, um, oh, I, I messed up and thought they were starting. So isn't it Snoop Huntley's playing on a, on on. <laughs> On Saturday afternoon, that one throws me off. Sorry, Snoop Loop, you can come too. <laughs> Bring your green hat. Bring All your right. Green hat. 
<laughs> All right. We do wish everyone out watching or listening a, a very happy holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, doesn't matter. Happy holidays. We hope you have a good one. And just so everyone knows, uh, we do. I want to talk about a couple items before we get into the crux of this podcast, which is obviously going to bring up Franco Harris. We all have our own thoughts about that situation, what it might mean towards the game. We are going to get there. I do want to talk about two things prior to that first. First is, and this was news today, and for those of us, the three of us, this is big news because it has to do with fans that are out of market. And that is the NFL Sunday ticket finally finding a home in 2023. Since 1994, I know this because I wrote the stupid article today. Uh, since 1994, DirecTV has had ownership and the, the sole rights of this Sunday ticket package. But they weren't going to pony up enough money. The NFL said, we're going to take it elsewhere. Everyone thought it was going to be Apple Plus. No, no. The highest bidder goes to Google and YouTube. YouTube TV will have the rights uh, for the NFL Sunday ticket package starting next season. And rumor is it's a seven-year contract, and rumor is it'll cost about the same amount of money. Uh, it's just a streaming service. So my my hope is, is actually it's my fear, is that the streaming will be probably about 15 seconds behind the real game. I'll look like a fool on Twitter every Sunday, Saturday, or Monday, or Thursday. And that's, that's my ultimate fear. My game My game recap will go out. <laughs> 30 seconds after everyone else's. So, uh, Brian, what I, you had your hand up. Did you want to say something first? I was actually waving. Um, oh, okay. You, you know what? The uh, One of my inspirations for being a Steeler fan was my uncle, Chip. And my cousin um, is just said, hey, cuz. And she's never been on the show before. So I've just oh. waited. Oh, there you go. Very nice. I I don't know. I was just impressed, you know, just me who's mentioned, you know, I'm pretty sure she said about being a grandma, what went to Snoop's concert in Spokane last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Love it. Ah, the stories we could tell. All right. uh, (laughs) Dave, you are, this might be the end of the Schofield Hartman viewing experience now that you'll be able to get your own Sunday ticket since it's on direct TV, right? Yeah, that's what's been holding me back for a long time. But uh, I honestly, I really wanted to look into this today. I don't know what YouTube subscription thing is, what you're going to have to do to even get it to be able to do the Sunday ticket. That's a problem that I'll deal with probably in July. You just have to get YouTube TV and then you're going to have to get the premium package. It's an a la carte option, just like ESPN and ESPN Plus, and you'll just have to pay for it. And it's so many installments and... There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, well, hopefully, hopefully that's that's good news that these things will will work themselves out finally. Cause uh I think they could make so much more money if they cut the price in half, but only offered you one team. They wouldn't. I think they would get four times as more people subscribing to it. I don't think so. I think the people, because it, look at me, I only watch the Steelers. I, I have Sunday ticket, but I only watch the Steelers and um, it, I, I'm, I'll always pay for it no matter what. And it's, and really the NFL doesn't care. The NFL just wants that money that they just got from Google for seven year contract. Yeah. Then YouTube would be the one that would have to yeah, say, that's what hey, I mean. if YouTube would do yeah. that. I think they could, I think they could quadruple their subscriptions for half the price. If you're saying, Hey, we're not going to cut the price, but the price is going to be this much, but you only get to select one team. Even and, if you just did conference or division. Yeah. I, I would tier it out. I would literally have tiers. You could do an individual team. Here's your price. You could do the full package or you could do conference 
or you could do division. So you could get all the AFC North. Brian, what do you think? You know what I was even thinking today? I would not be surprised. And I don't think they're going to do it, but if somebody came up with a package where it's like pay-per-view, you just so you even have that option. You pay more for it. You might pay twenty nine ninety nine to get just one game if you're going to do that and not get the package. But that's not a bad idea. If some people are like, you know, look, I'm not going to get this game, and I want to go ahead and do it. But for me, I, I kind of like having the entire the entire league at my disposal. I, I wish they would do more with some some games you can't get. I wish they would do preseason. But I don't think they're going to do anything like that. It's gonna gonna this roughly gonna be the same price. But for me, it's not the price, it's the fact that I have to have a subscription for a few years for direct TV that just drives me absolutely crazy because I don't use it. We yeah. stream almost everything right now. So I, I'm gonna be excited to uh be able to do that. I see what you're saying about the delay, but I think there's gonna be a lot more people on that delay now. The only thing that drives me crazy is my buddies that text me when something happens and I'm on that delay. Watching the Ravens game, I was watching it on uh, CB- on Paramount Plus uh, because I have a subscription and I was out and I was watching the Ravens game and my buddies were spoiling everything for me because they were cussing and I'm up. Oh, Mitch threw one again. <laughs> no, that's not because he's behind. It's because he paused the game for the first twenty minutes. I do not was do ready. that any more days. <laughs> I will never let you live that down. <sighs> Blame my wife, and she's a lovely woman. The run-up kicky thing, yeah. Mm. All right. So, yes, your wife is a lovely Oh, here's the other thing. Okay, so everyone, and I love the article that uh, Bradley Locker, he wrote this article. I mm-hmm. ran it on Thursday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I didn't write it. I just edited it and ran it. It was the coldest games in Steelers history. This upcoming game, they're calling for weather that would have it be the third coldest game at kickoff, wind chills included. Now, the coldest game that the Steelers have played in was actually in Cincinnati. I believe it was in 1977, I think the article stated, with a high temperature of zero, maybe, wind chills of minus 17 or something like that. The second coldest game was 1989 against New England in December. I think that was a similar high, but the wind chills were lower. That was in Three River Stadium. This game, they're saying that the high temperature could be anywhere between zero and five, and the wind chills could be really, really bad. That's not really what we'll get to that, whether it impacts the game. My question is for you as a fan, what, what is that line of demarcation that you say, I'm not going to this game. <laughs> it's going right. to be miserable. Go I could jump, I could jump in first. Cause I've experienced with this picture, this December, 2006, the Steelers and the Browns on Thursday night football. And I am there in section 225 watching the game. I believe it got down to minus two at one point, but it, this was not the game time temperature. It the, uh, the temperature plummeted. It was a very cold night. And Willie Parker, in that game, I could tell, because you know how I, I pay attention to stats in game and especially records. I love records being broken. And I could tell that Willie Parker was on track to break Frenchie Fuqua's single game record. And he did. But we were so cold, my buddy and I left in the third quarter. And we figured we would we would uh, walk about a mile to uh, a bar at the time and watch the rest of the game. And I got there and I realized that 
my phone was missing. And here I had to go all the way back to the stadium to get my phone. So I left, I missed the record being set and I still had to go back and uh, be there for the end of the game. So it, it was just one of those things that I, uh, I suffered by leaving. So leaving <laughs> jinxed me, but I have never, I've never left a game because I was cold until that night and I never want to do so again, but it was so bitter that you just couldn't, your bones felt like they were going to shatter. That's how cold it was. And I'm surprised. I was waiting for that on Bradley Locker's list. Uh, if it's, uh, if there's others on the list, I would not be surprised if that game is not on it. All right, Dave, uh, what, you're a season ticket holder. What, what I, was, I was at a game on that list when he expanded it to 20 degrees or less. Which I game? was at the playoff game the against the Miami game. Dolphins. Uh, cool. The 2016 season, it occurred in 2017. That was a win. That was the infamous Bud Moore decapitating. Bud Moore, sorry. Bud Dupree <laughs> decapitating Matt Moore. There we go. Just, I, there call I got the Bud, just call it the Bud Moore game. Bud Moore game. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. So, uh, dude, and he closed on him so fast. Yes. It was so impressive to see that in person. Um, Bud Moore, that's the new yeah, promotion, you know, you, uh, the, from Bud Light, yep. from Budweiser. Yep. New Bud Moore. Are they going to have the frogs on that one? Brought to you by Bud Moore. So, yeah, I'm not doing that. I am not sitting yeah. through that. Uh, 2014, I think I was at a Sunday night game against Cincinnati. It was really, really cold. And they were handing out free hot chocolate. People were huddling in bathrooms because they had the heaters there listening to the radio on it. And it says, and we, we did leave early. Now I was with my buddy who had ALS and he was wheelchair bound. He was like, I can't do this. And I was like, all right, let's go. We went back to the hotel room and watched it there. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, man, that's just going to be really, really cold. And everyone's trying to sell their tickets. It seems like I know that people on our Slack channel were saying tickets are going for as cheap as 50 bucks, if not $25. If you want to bear the elements, I know Occam's Ox in the live chat said he's going to be there. Good luck. Get the high, yeah. get the hand warmers. Tucker W said he was going. There you go. Hey, more more power to you. All right, let's get to the game itself. And Captain you want, yeah. gave us a $2 tip, and this will be a good segue. Uh, he says, uh, rest in peace to an amazing human and stealer, Franco Harris. So obviously, uh, you know, we, the three of us, uh, did not really get a chance to, Dave did on Thursday, a stat geek podcast to talk about, a little bit about, uh, his thoughts on Franco's passing. Uh, I talk about it on my Friday. Let's ride. If you want to check that out. Um, before we talk about anything specific, I want to give you all a chance to give your thoughts on what had me, what if, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, um, Dave, go ahead. We'll start with you. Well, I actually even got to to answer this question as well when I was I was the guest on the um what what's black and silver what's silver that? and black pride silver and black pride see I got the pride. colors backwards silver silver and black pride yeah. on on their their version of know your enemy um, and they asked and so I was able to to share a little bit there and it's basically the the whole idea of jet what Jeff had said about. Franco Harris was so much more than that one play. That's what the casual fan thinks of when they hear of him. But he was so much more than that. Fantastic numbers that I went through on StatGeek a little bit. But uh, it was really about the human being. It really was. And uh, I don't know if you guys had, had heard about this. Um, I listened to to it was something where with Rich Eisen was talking about. Apparently, he was on Cam Hayward's podcast the, the, the night before. Yes. And Cam is 
just trying to decide if he's going to release that podcast or not. And one of the things that, that um, Rich Eisen said, he didn't know if he should have even shared this or not, but uh, Franco had said to Cam was he was just happy that he was still around for this celebration. And the next day he was gone. And it's just, it's just heart wrenching. It's just, you know, for, for those of us, you know, Brian's met him in person. We had a great picture seeing Brian Anthony Davis with him. And those of us that have never, never been within a mile with a man that we know of, just how important he was to the franchise, to the city, and just as being a human being. He he did a lot of media leading up to this game. Oh, yeah. he, he wasn't just Cam Hayward's podcast. The day before, he was on Christopher Mad Dog Rousseau's show and talked for 18 minutes about the Immaculate Reception, answering questions about the game and the play call and the reaction and all the And very lucid, understood everything. He didn't say, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was incredible. And I, I listened to that 18-minute segment because you can hear it on podcast form. And you just can't believe it. Yeah. You just you just can't believe that he even said what he said to Cam Hayward. I, you know, I'm just happy to be around that I can still talk about it. Brian, I'll give it to you. What do you think? You have those presents in your life that are they're everywhere, and you have Franco Harris was the face of the franchise from the very early '70s until today because you just knew if a Steeler was going to announce a draft pick like he did, Pat Fryermuth like he did with Kenny, uh Kenny Pickett and mm-hmm. others. He I know he's done others almost every year at the draft. He's always there. And and you almost took it for granted. You're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be Franco, you know, because he was always there because he came to Pittsburgh. He was a Jersey guy. He played at Penn State. He never left. Even when he went to the Seahawks for a year, I was mad at the I was mad at the organization. I was definitely mad at Chuck Noll, uh, but I knew he deep down I was 12, but I knew he would be back because it just seemed he was so much a face of that franchise. He never had a falling out with the franchise. He was always promoting this team and he was accessible. That's the thing. My, uh, my best friend was in uh, he was in Hawaii maybe about 10 years ago and they were, they were at a bar and uh, in walks Franco and Franco's there holding court with some people and, and talking. And uh, my buddy says, Hey, says to the waitress, what's Franco drinking? It's like, well, he'll, he'll drink anything, you know, whatever. Well, let me send some, whatever he's drinking, send one over to him. So Franco came over to shake his hand, talk to him for buying him a drink. And, and just, you know, he was, he spent some time with my friend and talked to him. And when I got married the second time, I got a gift from one of my best friends and gave me a gift and I still have it. It is a, it is a uh, game ball and it said to Brian and Jennifer, congratulations and best wishes, Franco Harris. And that's what I got for my wedding. And it seemed like I, I had the Hills department store Jersey back in 1979, you know, or the one you get in the back of the JC Penny catalog. I had the T-shirt with his face on it. That that famous, like they always took the pictures of training camp. But it was always Franco, and uh, I ran into him. I think I I uh, shook hands with him twice, uh, two separate occasions, and he was just gracious. He was just uh, he was a man of the people, and we are going. We don't realize 
how much he was present. And we're really going to know when he's not. And, and the, the thing that, I mean, I, I recorded yesterday for our show tomorrow with, with Kevin Smith. That's a really good show as we both share our memories and I go a little deeper into it. And I got very choked up about it because he was always my guy because they were the scorers. It was like Bradshaw and Harris and they were always, they were, they were the glitz. And Franco was the glitz, the glamour, but he was also the working man too of that team. And like I said, always around and now he's not. And this game was supposed to be a celebration of a play and a player. And now it is going to change into a celebration of a life and a man and a really special person. So he's not going to be there at the celebration, but he is definitely going to be casting a big net over that stadium and uh we're going to feel the presence whether we're in that stadium or watching on tv of franco harris and it is going to be something um i don't expect a dry eye in the house i'm i'm anxious to see what the uh steelers are going to do i know they're going to do it with class and they're going to do it with class for one of the classiest players of all time yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, both of you all did, and and Dave did a great job on his Stat Geek with his, and and Brian, I thought you did a tremendous job doing the Breaking News podcast. It's not easy to do those types of podcasts. I remember doing the podcast when Dwayne Haskins was tragically killed. Like that's not simple. That's not. Oh, I, don't I did the one when Tunch Elkin yeah, passed away. You don't, one, you don't even pa- know what you're saying when you do yeah. those. I had to pause it four times to get through it. Yeah. So. um my my thoughts, you can hear more of those on uh, Friday's Let's Ride. I know I talked to my dad, and I've never seen him like this when he just said, he goes, man, I just I can't believe it. And he said, you know, but it kind of brings mortality into your own life. He goes, you, the, this guy's not too much older than me. And he was about my age when he was playing. He said, now he's gone. And you start to think, oh, my gosh, like it's that's Franco Harris. And the one thing I can, I can never get through my head, and the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame put out this, really neat montage of when Franco got inducted into the hall of fame, which I believe was 1990. I think he's a first ballot hall of famer and it showed all these people. So Lynn Swan, as he got inducted, Terry Bradshaw, as he got inducted, John Stallworth, as he got inducted, when Dan Rooney got inducted, all of them talked about Franco Harris and they talked about how, yeah, mean Joe was great, but we were nothing until we got Franco. When we got Franco, that's when we got our guy. And the Chief even talked that way, too, about how when well, we can't lose when we have Franco Harris. It, it's I didn't see him play. I wasn't old enough. I was, one, I was one when he retired. I was, eight, I was born in 1983. And But, you know, I've, I've done my homework on those 70s teams. I've read books. I've listened to my father. I've watched documentaries and all that stuff. And he was different. I do have one connection to him via someone else. A guy that I taught with actually was – the first he was on Joe Paterno's first team at Penn state. And he knew Franco because Franco was a a couple years after him. And he said, he never once said a a bad word about him. And he said bad words about a lot of people, but he never once said a bad word about Franco Harris. He said, he's as, he is as genuine as you think he is. And then some, and so I take him for his word. Yeah. And if you, if they've said in the live chat that apparently Cam Hayward did release that podcast. Um, So if you want to, not that we, you know, 
that's one you have you have my my stamp of approval to go listen to that one for sure. Um, <laughs> but but I said to Jeff, I said me either. I was old enough when Franco Harris was still playing, but I wasn't at an age that I remember ever seeing Franco Harris play because. I, w- I was just young and wouldn't have really known what I was seeing. But the thing that I remember more than anything is where we had taped it off the radio to hear. And it was always, he was, he was in place of five golden rings when it was the Steelers 12 days of Christmas, because it was Franco Harris's moves. Then it was, you know, uh, Joe Green, a sack and Jack Ham attack and Matt Barr kicking want to chuck no super bowl team i could probably recite you the whole thing wow um, i don't remember that you don't oh my no big bro sco has it he has it somewhere he because he actually played part of it on one of our shows and we probably got in trouble for you on youtube because of it but that's a classic that steelers 12 days of christmas so when i heard when when i was a kid when i heard the name franco harris i just thought it was all franco harris's moves um and it just I wish I trust me. I feel old already, but man, do I wish I was older so I could have seen players like him play. Well, you know, I did have the, an opportunity. I know big bro Sco and I saw him probably three weeks apart back in 1983. Uh, was that 83? No, that was 82. <laughs> I think when we both saw him that year, um, it was both December. It was my very first game. So I got to watch him play. And, you know, there's one thing about Franco, the player. You know how we used to talk about Le'Veon Bell, how you can take the number off his jersey and just put him in a plain jersey and watch him run and you know who it is by the way, by the style of his running. Franco had a style and he was big for back then. I mean, he was, uh, he was a big back in the 1970s. But you can take the number off his back and you knew exactly who this guy was because he had such an, a big burly and fluid style all at the same time. It, he was a joy to watch. And when you watch those touchdowns in the Super Bowls and when you watch that, you, you'll see what I mean when you see him play because they, it, it didn't look like he was fast, but you could tell he was. And he was just a, he just moved like nobody else. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. And that kind of brings us to a transition point in this conversation. And that is where you transition from, holy cow, a Pittsburgh icon, a Steeler legend, a Hall of Famer just tragically passed days before he was going to be honored and his number was going to be retired into the transition of how does this impact the team? Does it impact the team? I guess that's the question. So Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Do you think this impacts the team one way or the other? And if you think it does, is it positive or negative? Uh, I ultimately think it's positive because I mean, unfortunately, you know, Franco passes, but the Steelers still had to go out and practice. They still had to go do what they did. And I, and I listened to the player interviews and everything. And I wish I could remember which player said it is that they said, you know what Franco would have wanted. He wanted to want us to come out here and practice hard and go play hard and beat the tail off the Raiders. It's Kenny. That was it. It was, was it Kenny that said it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. I wasn't hundred percent sure. So I didn't want to quote it and be wrong. Um, and, 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 and that's exactly right. So if anything, you know, do that Steelers. I, I, even though you could have, you know, most of them probably have a heavy heart. Cause I, I, I would be shocked if any one of those guys had not met 
Franco Harris because he was around the team all the time. And I mean, he was an ambassador for the NFL, let alone for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so he was. So to, to me, this, you, you know, and, and everyone knew they were going to be honoring him in this game. And then he passed away right before it. Guys, do your part. Do your part for Steelers Nation and go out there and take care of this game. Brian, do you agree with Dave? You think it's going to be a positive motivator for the Steelers or could it be negative? I don't think it's going to be negative because here's the thing. They're inspired by Franco Harris. If Franco Harris had not died this week, if he had not died at all, they were still going to be playing this game for Franco Harris. But he was going to be in the stadium and he was going to be shaking all their hands. So this actually motivates them so much more to honor the memory. Um, and to, to piggyback on what Dave said a little bit, this isn't like the guy that graduated from your high school 20 years beforehand and had a Division One scholarship. And you've heard stories about him. And he was a hero because he led the high school to a state championship. And but you've the, he went to another state and uh, lived a happy life. And every once in a while, he comes back into town. Like Dave said, he was the ambassador. He was there all the time. Kenny Pickett knew who he was. Friermuth, other guys know who he is, not just because they announced him, uh, uh, announced them as a pick. He was there. He, he was a part of the team. So he was kind of the alumni. Fa if anything, Franco Harris was the, head of the alumni association of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, which I, he was the guy greeting everybody at the airport. And there's a lot of things that, you know, I could even see where Mike Tomlin, how genuine is Mike Tomlin in this whole situation? Because he was saying all these great things about him the day before he passed away. Yeah. And, and uh, you had all these packages, everybody put this stuff together for the game. You, so, you know, when somebody dies suddenly like this, ESPN and all the outlets try to find all this stuff and footage. The footage was already found and put together. Steelers.com and all this stuff put together because they were going to honor him anyways. He was going to be honored. So the stuff was together. And the, the stuff that was said before he passed away was completely genuine. And I think these players, I, I can't. I don't see them mourning during the game. I feel them being inspired during the game. Good, Dave. Yeah, uh, but I was also thinking about one other thing that the if if Jeff's like, is there is there any way it could negatively impact the game? I thought of one where it could, and I and I go back to two weeks ago when Cam Hayward after the game said, you know what? I was trying to do too much and not just handle my responsibilities when they play, play the Ravens. And, you know, that's one thing this team should remember. You've got to go out there and play for, for, for Franco, but you've got to be poised and know your responsibility and do your job and work together as a team in order for that to happen. If you go out there and it's, and it's too much of, of a, of a of a loose cannon trying to win the game for for Franco on your own that's the only way that I could see it as a negative and I really hope that that's not the case that they that that they can just go out there and play great team ball it's going to be interesting I've, I've gosh I wish I had the the numbers here I I feel like every time the Steelers have some type of I guess alumni presence at their games they typically do play well whether it is a 
Mean Joe Green having his number retired. Uh, Kevin Green getting his Hall of Fame ring. Bill Cowher and Troy Polamalu getting their Hall of Fame rings. When the 1970 Steelers come back for an anniversary. Heck, even when uh, the, I think it was 2009 when they came back for, or, or yeah, was it 2009? They came back for some type of anniversary recently. Um, but still, even when those guys come back, I feel like it, Maybe it's Tomlin. Maybe Tomlin maybe has them come in. I don't know. Um, but I know Kevin Green gave a speech to the team when he got his Hall of Fame ring in Pittsburgh, and they said that fired everybody up. Uh, he was pretty unique, though. Uh, so I'll be I'll be interested to see um, if that trend continues, but we'll see. It, it's going to be a challenging game. It's going to be there's going to be challenging moments, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Uh, but ultimately, we'll see if the Steelers can somehow find a way to win. Um, it, it's tough to transition away from the sadness and the mourning of, of a life and mourning of a legend for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we do want to talk about the upcoming game between the Steelers and the Raiders week 16, a very important game for these two, six and eight teams. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back after this break and a word from our sponsors on the audio side, we're going to talk about the injury report. We're going to do our over under game. We're going to give our predictions and some trivia. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. We're getting you ready, previewing this upcoming game. Steelers-Raiders, such a historic rivalry in the National Football League. What do you think of, Dave, when you think of Steelers-Raiders? Well, you think back to the old rivalry. You think back of the Immaculate Reception. And then you think of recent times where you just say, not the Raiders, because there just seemed to be something about that team that the Steelers just – constantly had things get in their way and they couldn't pull off a victory. So I don't want to think about that. I'd, I'd rather go back, you know, go a little bit further back and think about the other stuff. Cause I don't even want to want to think about the, the recent history with these teams. Cause the Steelers have really lost some games in there that they had no business losing. Gosh, they've lost four out of the last five yeah. against this team. Uh, Brian, what about you? You think Steelers Raiders, what do you think of? I think of nastiness. I think of hard hitting. I think of the phrase criminal element that Chuck Knoll made made popular way back when. I think of mystique. And I really and I really think just the word epic. Because when those guys you don't realize how many times in the 1970s they played for some for somebody to be eliminated. When you look at the when you look at the uh, most memorable games, the BTSC DeLorean that's going to come out this week, there's so many playoff games from the 1970s in there, and there's one in the 80s, and they haven't played in a playoff game since the 1980s. But I, I just think of the two best teams of that early era in the 1970s. Just I mean, they were the best teams in the AFC. Of course, the Dolphins were good in there too. And there was a trio, but the one that lasted the most, it always seemed it was going to be going down to 
the Steelers and the Raiders, and it was going to be bitter. It was never, it was, these were two teams that I think they really didn't like each other because they, they were going for each other's heads. And then you throw in the accusations of criminal element and all of that. It, it, it actually becomes quite entertaining, but you knew you were going to get the best when those two played. There was going to be so, I mean, they were differing games. You had the uh, immaculate reception. It was like foggy and dreary. And then you had the games in Oakland that some of them were, were fairly sunny. And then you had the one game that was full of ice because the, uh, the tarp wasn't down. This was an AFC championship game. There was 12 turnovers because these guys were slip sliding everywhere. And the Raiders accused the Steelers of icing down the field. <laughs> it was, Al Davis and John Madden were, were accusing of that. It was just one of those things. Something always happened in these games and there was always some kind of a cool, mysterious backdrop to it. But you knew that you were going to have a headline when you had the Steelers and Raiders, whether it was in Oakland, whether it was in Los Angeles, whether it was in Pittsburgh or now, whether it's in Vegas or Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, I can't. I think about the 70s stuff and the crybabies about the, the Immaculate Reception for me. I just think of like what Dave said. It seems like the Steelers have just been snake bit against this team in in recent years. I mean, you could, I mean, shoot. You want to talk about the Bruce Gradkowski game? Do you want to talk about the? Uh, oh my oh, gosh, unleash quarterback. Who was the quarterback in Oakland that took it ninety eight yards on the opening uh, the first play? Oh, oh my gosh, Pryor. 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 Yeah. There you go, Terrell Pryor. I think of uh, last year, uh, Henry Ruggs, the whatever beats uh witherspoon deep and that that ices the game i still think if tj watt got hurt in that game didn't he or no it was uh alu alu he broke his leg against the raiders last year oh yeah exactly uh, and left but didn't tj watt get banged up in that game too and didn't finish a groin injury or something i could have swore he did (laughs) you 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 might be right i don't want to think about it a groin groin injury injury. the groin injury (laughs) A yeah. groin injury. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of injuries, Dave, why oh. don't you try to uh, navigate your way through the icy waters that is the Steelers PR department trying to run a damn website? Can't oh, my goodness. Well. We're not getting credentials anyways, Dave. Who cares? Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't even ask for him for this game because I'm like, I would not go. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. And, and and I was actually speaking to, to Jeff earlier tonight because for some reason, my son's jerk of a basketball coach still had practice tonight. That's right. So I had to take him out there. That's then, right, he did. Run those kids. I'm the damn coach. That's right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So therefore, I, I was saying, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers were having a little bit more of a practice than what they normally would do uh, the day before a game because it's a night game on a Saturday that they might have a little bit more, more than just a walkthrough on Friday because they didn't practice Tuesday when they had to do an injury report. They just won't be required to do an injury report for this one because how else do you have players? Do you have a player that didn't practice all week and has no injury status? that they are good to go for the game. It's crazy stuff like that. And and another player that was 
full participant for two days and then didn't practice, but has today, but yet has no injury status. It's, it's some of this. I'm like, did, are there clerical errors here or what's going on? I think maybe they are kind of treating, um, treating Friday is a little bit more than a glorified walkthrough. Cause it would normally be a walkthrough the day before the game. I don't know if they are, they haven't announced it. They haven't said it. They're still doing their, their regularly scheduled stuff. Like, like the coordinator spoke today, Mike Tomlin spoke on Tuesday and things of that nature. TJ Watts supposed to still speak tomorrow. So they're kind of almost keeping it like a normal, uh, a normal schedule, but instead of playing Sunday afternoon, they're playing Saturday night. I don't know. Here we go. I talked about it enough. Kenny Pickett, full participant all, all week, out of the protocol, no status. George Pickens shows up on the injury report today, Thursday. Did not practice due to an illness, no status. Josh Jackson, after practicing, well, the, the first day, remember, was estimated. But then after practicing fully Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday, but no injury status. Deontay Johnson um, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He was estimated limited on Tuesday, but doesn't mean anything because he didn't do anything. Um, he is questionable. I have a feeling we'll get an update uh, of on things with that tomorrow. Najee Harris, after not practicing Wednesday, was a full participant Thursday, no injury status. Terrell Edmonds didn't practice all week, questionable. Derek Watt, estimated limited on Tuesday, pra um, practiced fully both days, no status. Miles Jack came back from being limited Wednesday to full Thursday, but still listed as questionable. Um, JC Hassenauer did not practice Wednesday or Thursday for personal reasons, but he does not have an injury status. My goodness, I'm still going. Pat Fairmuth, full all week, no status. Cam Hayward missed, um, would have missed Tuesday and missed Thursday for coach's decision, no status. And the one that's, that's head scratching is Larry Ogunjobi showed up Tuesday is not participating just for rest. Then they added him Wednesday as not practicing for a toe and then didn't practice Thursday. No injury status. It's what do you make of this? <laughs> I, I, with this team, this or I, with this organization mm. and the way they put out things like injury reports, I, I have no clue. I don't even know what to trust anymore. So, um, I Mike Tomlin also said on Tuesday that Deontay Johnson is dealing with a little bit of a turf toe. I've never heard of a little bit of a turf toe in my life. Um, I don't know. Is there minor and major turf toes? Is Brian saying no? So no, because I I'll tell you what, I had one last year and it lasted for how did you get turf toe? I I fell down my steps. <laughs> I uh I got turf toe. <laughs> In How high did you school. Get oh, well, you're probably doing something athletic. I was, oh, yeah, I was doing a combine at the University of Maryland my junior, by the end of my junior year yeah. and running on turf for the first time ever. Oh, but, did you but, just jam your toe? No, it just, it just the way it did, it, it just felt so different. And when I was running, I was like, why does it feel like I just, my, my toe just pulled out a socket? And oh. it bothered me for, few weeks brian well, fell I, down his brian fell down his yeah. and then i tell you what dave dave <laughs> i appreciate the fact noticed, but i just assumed that was i you know, i right. appreciate the fact that that you're athletic and you were there at a combine but i was holding my laptop in a piece of pizza <laughs> and i didn't drop either one <laughs> he was so, in a, he, he was in a boot for three months but he didn't drop his pizza no doubt no I, I gotta tell you this mark the tape <laughs> I gotta tell. I can tell you the exact date because it was January fifth, 
of 2021 and i had to call off work the next day and everything happened at the capitol and i thought my bosses were going to think that i was storming the capitol or something i was all worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah turf toe brian <laughs> but he didn't drop his pizza <laughs> mark not. the tape there you go <laughs> all right um you all worried about kenny pickett maybe being a little rusty dave what do you think um, rusty. Maybe uh, took a week I, off. Yeah, well, I mean, really, he hasn't completed a a pass since week. Wait a second, what's his six? I guess 15, it has thirteen. Been yeah, yeah, because he had two games in there without that. Without adds to that. my question. Then, um, I really don't want to. If they get the run game going right on the first drive, it's going to help him ease in much better. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it shouldn't be much beyond the first drive, but come on, you you can't give you can't make an excuse and not do something on the first drive. So hopefully not. All right. What about you, Brian? You know what? Here's something funny about Kenny Pickett. He is, and we talked about this when he was drafted, but he is a very mature rookie. And one thing that they were trying to do in that game when they lost to the Raiders, excuse me, the Ravens, and that was not Kenny Pickett's loss, of course. Um, But one thing they were trying to do is they were trying to, look, if you don't have an opportunity, don't force it, run with it. So he's smart and he knows how to protect a football. So there could be a little bit of rust as far as uh, maybe misfiring a little bit. But I don't think it'll be it'll take that long for Kenny Pickett to uh, find a little bit of a groove. But Dave's absolutely right. This is going to be predicated on how well they run this football. And that's going to really help protect Kenny Pickett as he gets a chance to warm up. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. When you, when you talk about a player that he, he was very open, if you listen to Kenny Pickett's media availability, which was Thursday. He was very open about how he self he self-reported uh, his concussion symptoms. He came back into the game after being cleared. He was running the football and he said he got dizzy and he started like, you know, a little bit of coordination felt off and he went and told the doctors like, look, I, I, this is good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Exactly. You know, people, remember when people gave crap to Ben in Seattle when he did that, remember that, that crazy game yeah. in Seattle that was, I think Marcus Wheaton had like 200 yards receiving in that. That was a nutty game. Yeah. It was crazy. And he, he took himself out of the game. I was like, Oh my gosh, what a, what he's so soft. Uh, It's a dude's brain. I mean, it's an injury. What what do you, I I don't blame him. And do you really want your quarterback who has to be very cerebral out on the field, having problems with their vision or their, or their mental processing? Yeah. You even as a team for, I mean, even if you want to be that insensitive that you're not thinking about the person, then you should at least think of that. I mean, there, there's no reason to criticize someone for that. No, None. absolutely not. None. Especially a rookie who has his whole career ahead of him. The one thing that you don't want to do with a head injury, a concussion, is to continue to play through it. Like That's yeah. the worst thing you can do. Letting your body heal is what you need to do, and then your body will be okay because it's properly healed. He did the right thing. He did the right thing. But yeah, Russ could be an issue early in the game. I agree with Dave. Let's, let's run the rock. All right. You all ready for over-under? Sure. Let's do this. Yeah, there you go. The audible. Okay. All right, Brian, you have a little, uh, your penny pencil ready to go. I am ready to go. All right. Time for your little war for nanny decoder pins. Get it ready. All right. Make sure go. you drink your Ovaltine. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. 
crummy commercial. Son of a crummier movie. <laughs> you don't like it. That's your opinion. All right. Najee Harris rushing yards. That's Najee Jerome Harris rushing yards. 84 and a half. 84 and a half. I, I, I got a feeling about this. Dave over under. It's going to be cold. The, to me, the only way he doesn't reach it if the Steelers win this, if the Steelers are going to win this game, is if because they they split the workload more. Um, I think they're going to split some, but I don't think they're going to do it too much. I am going over. All right, Brian, what do you think? Eighty four and a half. I think that's uh, right around where he's going to be. I'm going to go slightly under, but I, I still think he's over eighty. Okay, so you take under. I'm taking over. Rock. The Naj, rock the Naj. That's what everyone's going to be. Rock to the Naj. There you go. Give it to the Naj. I think he. I think he might get over the century mark. I good. I hope. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope you are. Me too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. uh, KPA. That's Kenneth Shane Pickett. His attempts, just passing attempts here, and we're going to go with twenty-two and a half. Twenty-two and a half, Dave. That's a good line. That's a good line. Thank you very little. Is it is it me first? You said yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. Twenty two and a half. Well, I'm. It's sometimes you just look at it. What's the recipe for success? Like, you know, right? I mean, obviously, Baltimore. He didn't throw. The, he threw. You know, twenty eight times in both the Steelers' wins in Indian Atlanta, but that was also when both of those were in a dome. He's only thrown. What did you say? Twenty two. Yeah. He hasn't done that in a game that he's played the whole game. I, I, I'm going to go over, but I'm hoping it's not by much. I'm going to, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm, I'm going over, but Brian, you can go ahead and say what you're doing. I'm going over as well. I, okay. I, I can't think, I, I really can't fathom it being below. Unless I mean, it's so cold that they're just trying to run the football repeatedly. And and even with that, I'm just hoping it's because they possess the ball for 47 minutes, and therefore yeah. they're still throwing it occasionally, even if it's just little dump off passes over the middle to Pat Freremuth or or, or slinging it out to Jalen Warren. Yeah, good point. All right, let's go with Kenny Pickett passing passing touchdowns passing touchdowns. I'm just going to set it at a half and see what you all think. Dave, go ahead. I'll go over. If you would have said one and a half, I was going under. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Brian, what about you? I am going to mimic Dave and do the same thing. I'm going over as well. I think he at least throws one, maybe even two. We'll see. Uh, Let's go with George Pickens. What is George Pickens' middle name? I feel like he's on the verge of middle name status. Did we look that up once? We looked looked it up, but I don't think it's readily available. Um, Okay. Dave's yeah, that would be a weird middle name to be. It might be Lamont. Oh, sorry. Is it George Lamont? No. I thought I saw this. I was right. Okay. Um, it's the same first name as, a, as someone on the defense. Malik. It's Malik. Mm, George Malik Pickens. All right. Receiving yards for George Malik. 61 and a half. 61 and a half, Dave. What do you think? Under. You're going under. Okay. What about you, Brian? I'm actually going to go over. 
Okay. I, I, I'm worried about Deontay Johnson's availability. And if he's not playing, he's going to see Pickens is going to see the ball thrown his way more. I'm going to go over, but it's also going to be really freaking cold and really, really yes, windy. And if, right. and my thing is he's going to get lots of yards if they throw it deep, but how deep are you going to throw it? If it's really, really windy, that's the only reason I went under. Okay. There you go. Pittsburgh Steelers sacks sacking Mr. Carr of the Raiders. I have the line set at two and a half. Dave, what do you think? Why do you said it's, it's such difficult lines? Because it's supposed to be easy. Because the the, the Raiders don't give up a ton of I sacks saw that. and everything. Um, I would really like the Steelers because my magic number was three. I was thinking of three, so let's go over. But that's really tough because what if they don't throw the ball as much? But I'm hoping they have to throw the ball more because the Steelers are leading. They've got to throw the ball more, and then they can get more sacks. Over. I just talked myself into it. Welcome Over. To, welcome to Dave's brain. <laughs> Capacity one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, that's a timeshare I'm not going for. Right? <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you think? Two and a half sacks. Over, under. You know what? I, I'd really love to go over on this because I, I actually think it's going to be six. But it's just... It's just uh, I went over last week and I was right, but I'm I'm gonna go under just because I I this team's not consistent sacking the quarterback, so I'm gonna go ahead and go under. I was prepared to say under, and then I closed my eyes and I just visioned T.J. Watt getting two, Cam getting one, and Alex Highsmith getting one, and that's four. So I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to take the over. I think that the Raiders might have to throw the ball at some point. And that's going to. You got to do that in your head because you get to go last. I had to go first. So I had to talk it out to everybody. <laughs> Dude, I, if you haven't figured this out yet, I pick with my heart, not my head. Like, I, I don't think analytically about this stuff. You, you know, you're thinking about, oh, well, if this happens, isn't no, it's all with my heart. And mm-hmm. lastly, Pittsburgh Steelers takeaways, the defensive takeaways. I had this line at one and a half, one and a half. Dave, what do you think? Steelers takeaways, one and a half. Boy, that would make it a much easier way to win if that was an over. But I don't think this is going to be an easy win. So I'm going to go under. Okay. What about you, Brian? I'm actually going to go with the over on this because if it's one and a half, you said? It is. Yeah, I I like that. I I think too. And and Carr gets into those situations where he'll – He'll throw a pick or two. If uh, I, I kind of agree with you, Brian, if they do, then I don't think this game is close. I think if the Raiders turn the ball over two times or more, this is not a close game. I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I think that almost if the sacks happen, then you might see the takeaways happen mm-hmm. as well. Um, but this way that this, I'm going to say that the sacks do happen because I took the over there, but I'm going to take the under with takeaways. I think they do get one, but I don't think they get two. Uh, and, and that could be what they need still. That one pick or that one fumble recovery could be the enough to turn the tide. So there you go. Did you get all those, Brian? Yes, I did. Perfect. Let's do our spread and predictions. This spread has been up all and down over. All around. Literally in the last 24 hours, I wrote an article and it was two. Then I checked again. It was two and a half. Then it was two again. Then it was two and a half again. I don't know. What is it right now, Dave? Well, if you, and if you also recall, for the person who has to run the betting preview article i it was one it was one thing the night before when i started the article i changed it in the morning and what do you know 
10 minutes before the article ran, ran, I had to change it again. It still continues to move. It's really crazy with this one. It is right now at two and a half with an over under of 38. All right. Man, 38. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, what's your uh, prediction, Dave? I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming through in memory of Franco Harris, but I don't think it's going to be uh, an easy or a blowout win unless they can start going crazy in the takeaway departments. Could I see them coming out and really just blowing the doors off because of the situation? Yes, I could, but I'm not banking on it. So I'm going with a very conventional score. I still don't think in this in the situations it's like the Steelers offense goes nutso or anything. I'd like to see long 20 play drives taking 10 minutes off the clock is more what I would like to continue to see. I'm going 24-17 Steelers. 24-17. All right, very good. Brian, what about you? All right, you know I love the over. I all I almost always take the over. I let the Steelers in my picks score more than almost everybody else on the staff, but I've got to go with the anniversary and I don't care whether I'm right. I don't care whether I'm wrong, but I'm going 13 to seven in favor of the Steelers. <laughs> that immaculate reception. 13 to seven. Okay. I am going to go with the Steelers. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I have it slightly under and very, very slightly under, but I think the final score, I got the Steelers 20. And the Raiders 17, 20 to 17. And not really that far good. from mine. No, no, not I at all. I just have the not Steelers scored more points. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, there you go. There's our score predictions. Hopefully, uh, I don't have a super chat here. I don't want to miss yeah. this. Ant Smith gave us $10. Did you see a comment in there, Dave? Anywhere? No, if they say anything after that, I'll keep an eye out. Till we yeah, can it up. we thank you for the tip. I mean, if you just want to give us 10 bucks, I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. But uh, yeah, if you have a question or a comment you want us to answer, bring it up and we will definitely do that. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about some trivia. Brian, what do you have? Well, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a, uh, a really fun game that I will never forget. And it was one of those games in the Los Angeles Coliseum, the Steelers against the Raiders and the Steelers at the time, they, they were trying, they were, they didn't have a great record in 1984. They were one of the youngest teams in the league. They were nine and seven that year. And what happened in this game, they had to win this game to go ahead and try to get to the playoffs. And they went ahead and beat the Raiders in this game. The quarterback was Mark Malone in that game. But where the Steelers really shined was because of the running backs. Who were the two main running backs in this game that made an impact in that big win? What year did you say it was again? 1984. 84. Okay. Well... Ugh. That yeah. was now. Wait a Normally, you would think. I think I might know your. Hold on, give me a second. I'm trying to think it through. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sure you. I know you have the answer, don't you? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Okay. No clue. Well, because that's where I did the midst of the Walter Abercrombie, right? But was. 
wasn't there one year in there where he'd like, they didn't run him as much. Well, so I don't know if that was him or not. I know he, I know he really came on in 85. It was Walter Abercrombie okay. was the one, but another one had a very big run in this game of 50 plus yards. And uh, he was one of the workhorses here as well. Hmm. I don't know the other one. His name was Frank Pollard. Hmm. Wasn't he a fullback? He, he was. He had 990 yards one year. I mean, he was like a cross between. Um, but he was. No, he, a was feature, okay. he was a feature back. Now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask one more question about that game. The Steelers ended up winning that game by the score of what? And I'm going to give you a hint. 84. It, yeah. If I can remember back when I was six years old, you know, <laughs> it, I'm just going to give you a hint. It's, it's an iconic score for this uh, series and rivalry. So I'm going 13 to seven. It, it was 13 to seven. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the hint. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Ant Smith gave us another $2. Mm-hmm. But still, still no, no comment. comment. <laughs> Just type it in. Just type it in on, on the thing. Just hey, you don't have to keep we'll donating money. Just like put in a comment, yeah. and we'll we'll get your yeah. question or comment up there. All right. Yeah. Okay, Dave, go ahead. Your trivia. What's up? Okay, this has to go back to some things that something that I was talking about both on my Stat Geek and in an article, like in today's Vertex and my and the numbers that you know by the numbers article at the day after the game, and that was the Steelers completely shutting down the Carolina Panthers rushing attack. I've said it. I've talked about it. There's only been six games this year where a team has held held their opponent to under 30 yards rushing. The Steelers have two of those games. So for people that like to poo-poo, they'd say the team wasn't very good. That's that's not the case. It doesn't matter. When you do something like that, that's crazy. But in looking at it, and I was looking at the the number of times that the Steelers, and I talked about this on StatGeek, the number of times that they held a team to under 30 yards rushing. Since the merger, because it's not, you don't get as good at numbers before the merger. But since the merger, what is the lowest amount of rushing yards the Steelers have allowed in a game? And what game was it? Hmm. Is it recently? Is it's obviously post- define okay. recently? <laughs> okay, is it in Jeff's memory? Yes. <laughs> oh, is it against Houston? No. Okay, there was a game was against Houston. I thought they just there stymied wasn't, the there run, was... and they actually lost that game. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they. Oh, I Houston was there. Texans. Twenty-four to six. Yeah, yeah. Houston Texans. No, the only game against Houston where they held him that low was actually the 2020 game when the Steelers had the long streak. Um, that's the only one against Houston. Okay. But this one was a very, very iconic and memorable game because if you listen to Stat Geek, you might have a better idea. This was one of the times that the Steelers held their opponent to under 30 yards rushing in back to back weeks. And it wasn't that they just held their opponents to under 30 yards rushing in back-to-back weeks. They were back-to-back big, iconic victories in the middle of a regular season for this Pittsburgh Steelers. I got it. Go, Brian. Yeah. Uh, 
I might mess up on the year, but 2014, it was the Colts one week, and it was the Ravens the next week. There, there were no games in 2004 that they held. 2014? 2014, sorry, that they held a, a, a team to under 30. Okay, so then I think you just gave it away 2004 because <laughs> yeah, and I was at both of those games. It yes, was you the, were. the Patriots on October 31st mm-hmm. and the Eagles on November 7th. And which one did they hold them to the least amount ever since the merger? Which one of those games? I think it was Philly. That's what I thought too. How about the New England Patriots rushing for five yards on six attempts? Oh wow. my gosh. Philly rushed for 23 yards on nine attempts. But no joke, the New England Patriots, five rushing yards, six attempts. They just didn't run the ball. They just, they just, I don't know if they couldn't or if they didn't. Um, there is another game in in there since the merger that had uh less than 10 yards, single-digit rushing. Any idea what other game that would be? This was this was a this was a this was a bit of a comebacker. Although the Steelers won the game by more than 40 points. It wasn't them that were the comeback. Was it the Carolina Panther game? No. I can't remember many many big 40 points. Your big hit was that it was a comeback game. Was it Cincinnati in 1995? No. Comeback game. I... Because the team that they were playing were coming back to the NFL. The Browns in 99. The Browns in 99, they held them to nine yards on nine attempts in 99. That's an easy one to remember. Nine yards and nine nine attempts. And I do have one more one more question. Let's look at it on the other end of the spectrum. Since the merger, any idea what game the Steelers gave up the most rushing yards? Well, I knew they they gave up like to OJ and the and the uh, OJ and the Bills like two hundred and seventy some. To OJ and the Bills, they gave up 270-some. Well, they gave up specifically to OJ in that game. They gave up 227 just to him. Jeez. But when you add in the other players, they gave up 310 yards rushing, which was the only game they've given up 300, 300 yards rushing since the merger. If you want more than that, you have to go back into the 50s. Um, in order in order to to get that kind of stuff again, but yes, uh, that was the correct game, Brian. Wow. And there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the offensive line was named the Electric Company of the Buffalo Bills because mm, that's a good question because they got the juice going. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, good stuff. Hold on, I, I, I want to see something here. And I, that's correct. And I actually met the right tackle from that offensive line because until he passed away recently, he actually lived um, in our town and, and I was able to meet him. That was Donnie green. That's Mm. right. That's right. There you go. Good stuff. Ant Smith finally commented. Yes. uh, (laughs) Said 
Thanks, Jeff, for breaking down the KP8 and Lawrence talk on Let's Ride. Been a fan of the show five years now. Thanks for all you. Uh, thanks for thanks to you all for everything you guys do. Happy holidays. Thank you. And I knew that name sounded familiar. That was from my mailbag segment on my Wednesday Let's Ride. And I had made a comment about how at the time uh, I would definitely take Kenny Pickett over Zach Wilson. And I would even said I, I would take him over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has definitely turned his game around. I don't know if I'd say that now, but at the time I said that, and I kind of I explained that there. So yeah, thank you for the tips, and we appreciate it for sure. And then we have another one here from outside Steeler fan. He gave us four ninety nine. He said it would be insane if Najee Harris is the hero at the end of this one. Uh, Najee had a good relationship with Franco. Talked openly about it. How Franco had kind of taken him under his wing a little bit, and uh, definitely took the time to talk with him as a fellow running back, the namesake and all that stuff. So yeah, it would be, uh, it would be interesting. So, all right. Okay. Uh, do we want final thoughts, Dave, go for it. I'll go quickly. Final thoughts. Love this time of year. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas or happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. If you celebrate anything, um, I'm really looking forward to all that. It, it's weird to have the Steelers mixed into it so much. Like I, I enjoy the Christmas Day games, but that was, you know, you got to do up, do your get up, do your Christmas stuff, and then watch Steelers. To me, Christmas Eve through Christmas Day is really the whole thing, and the Steelers are smack in the middle of it. So it's it's very interesting. Um, I'm I don't know how I feel about it, but I have, I'm hoping I, I feel. Good about it because I, I like the Steelers Christmas Day uh, when when they the, the two games that they've had there. One was exciting and the other one was low stress because it was a blowout. Um, so hopefully they can do the same thing for us on prime time on Christmas Eve. But also just want to say I hope you all um, enjoy your 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 Steelers family, enjoy your regular family, and um, just. Take take it all, just like I say with Steelers games, take it in. There's only, you know, three left this year and outside of a huge, crazy scenario. So please enjoy them. Also remember this during the holidays because there are plenty of people who this is their first holiday without a loved one. Yes. So don't take it for granted that um, the, when you have, enjoy the time that you can have with them while you still have it. I'm not laughing at what you're saying. It was very well yeah. said. It was the fact that you said, I'm going to be quick. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, for me, that come on. Well, that, well, for me, not as much. But if that was a Brian Anthony Davis final thoughts, that would have been like a record. <laughs> Speaking of Brian Anthony Davis, final wow. Thoughts, go for it. Are you saying I'm long winded? Uh, not all the time, just like, almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Uh, my wife says that too. So, look, this has been an emotional week. It has been uh, one that we never expected to be talking about this week. And it's been tough and it's brought out a lot of emotions in us. And I just want to, you know, I've been really tough on a lot of players, you know, the last couple of years. And, you know, this year, especially I've been very tough on guys like Deontay Johnson. And one of the things that, that I remember saying is that Deontay Johnson, for some reason has a chip on his shoulder here because He's uh, there's a lot of talk that he wasn't worth the money. And uh, and I'm wondering why he has that attitude. And then this week I had a chance to think a lot about some things and we tend to forget that these players are human beings just like we are. And we lost a player this week that we absolutely adored. 
but we have guys, we have uh, 53 guys and guys on a practice squad and a coaching staff. Matt Canada comes to mind too, where we're constantly talking about, uh, you know, not wanting to see them with the team anymore, you know, what have you, but these are human beings with hearts and souls that um, are doing the same things that we do every single day. So I'm going to uh, make an early, instead of a New Year's resolution, I'm going to make a little bit of a Christmas resolution to uh, be a lot more patient with the human beings on this team and the the hearts and souls and the families of these guys and uh, try to be more supportive and try to understand what they're going through as well. So um, that's just me. I'm not... I'm not asking anybody else to change their opinion. I'm just changing my opinion on it because I've been rather harsh. And when you lose somebody that's an icon and you realize that whoever you lose, it's important. And I look at today's news and we're talking about Franco Harris and Broncos fans lost 31 year old Ronnie Hillman, who was on their Super Bowl team in 2015. And that is just as significant a loss as Franco Harris. He is not going to get the publicity. He's not going to get the press. But anybody that we lose, like Dave said, this could be a first Christmas without him. All just hearts and souls here. And uh, I want to be more patient. So that's all I've got to say for my final thoughts. Merry Christmas. Whatever you, if you celebrate something different, that is just as significant. So um, blessings with your family, blessings with you. And we can't do these shows without you. And we can't have this forum without you. It would be just three dudes talking to each other. So we really appreciate everything you do for us. And we're going to be here for you each and every time the Steelers play and in between. Well said. I'm just going to say have a happy holiday, everyone. And uh, we will uh, we will not be back on the post-game show. That'll be... Daniel J and big brother Rich Schofield will be handling those duties. Uh, we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview to get you all geared up for week 17 in the, Hey, as we always do, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey, Merry Christmas. There you go. We'll see you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.